You're listening to Crunch Time. Zito Power Tools. German design quality and innovation powering DIYers. All day, every day. Visit Berwick GMW Haval and test drive the GWM Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. The Round 12 edition of Crunch Time. Jared Waitley, Sam Edmund, Luke Hodge, Mark McClure with you. It was a big week of news for Repco Authorised Service. For expert car service you can rely on, book online at repcoservice.com. Is we reached a, a climax for a period of time around the Hawthorne investigation as it was cleared out of the AFL front and then put in to a uh, into a higher authority. So, Sam Edmund, before we open our discussion here, bring us up to speed. So, Gil McLaughlin, the AFL boss, called it an imperfect resolution, Jared, and it was obvious that this long-running investigation into those historical allegations of racism at Hawthorne was only being resolved for the AFL and also the independent panel that dug into it for seven months. No adverse findings, of course, against Alistair Clarkson, Chris Fagan and Jason Burt. That was the uh, main part of the announcement. Allegations of bullying, misconduct, other inappropriate conduct between 08 and 2016, which were revealed in grand final week last year. Chris Fagan called it a travesty of justice. Jason Burke called it a disgrace. And for now, Alistair Clarkson's kept his own counsel. Now, the Human Rights Commission was always looming here. And it arrived this week when the families at the centre of the scandal revealed their identities upon taking their case to that Human Rights Commission. Now, a statement was released yesterday on behalf of Cyril Rioli, Jermaine Miller-Lewis, Carl Peterson and former staffer Leon Egan and their families as well. Now, in part... It reads like this, Jared. All we ever wanted was to sit with the coaches and officials we looked up to and who had such control over our lives and our futures and make them understand what we heard, what impact it had on our lives, and to listen to them tell us their own truths, even why they thought they were helping us. And we are gutted that these so-called AFL role models weren't prepared to listen to our truths through mediation. We have always had the courage to listen to their truths too. That is our way. We were never scared of being named. We were never scared of what they would throw at us. We were worried about impacts on others. It doesn't change our truth. None of us deserved this public shit show, including them. And the statement goes on for a period of time as well, Jared. but that's the main part of the statement released yesterday by the four families represented by Leon Zwyer. And of course, as we know, there's another um, three families, I think, involved uh, potentially at the Human Rights Commission level as well. So this is public detail now of um, stuff you would have known privately, Luke, through your involvement. If you've explained to us the, the deed of confidentiality before. Um, when you... So Cyril Rioli is such a rich part of your team's heritage and legacy um how how have you um, sort of grappled with that 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 he's a centerpiece in this whilst he was such a, a part of your team yeah I think you can't just I know Cyril's the, the biggest name out of a lot of them but they were, those guys were teammates um, from I think uh, Carl was 2009 and 10 and Jermaine was uh, 2015 and 16. Um, but yeah, Cyril, Cyril's obviously the, the one who had the longest relationship with us. So to, to hear the, the stories that they've, they've, they've told and how they felt, um, and a lot of it did come to a shock because um, when I left Hawthorne and when, uh, when Cyril left, uh, left Hawthorne a year later, um, I had text messages back and forth where I was, it took me by surprise. Um, but in saying that, not all you, you don't, divulge all your feelings to people. So um, when you read them, you sort of went through and you, you did feel, feel for them and, and how they felt. But um, as I said, I, I think I'm the same as everyone. We've, we've heard one side of the story through through parts that were given to the media. Um, I think everyone sits back and they want to hear the other side. We've had three uh, in Bert, Fagan and Clarkson that have 
over 260 odd days, they haven't been able to tell their story. Uh, and, and the part with the mediation, and I think the article they, they put out or the, the statement they put out mm-hmm. is they didn't want to go to, to uh, mediation. I think the hard part is you, you can't go to mediation unless you know all the information that's been said about you. So you want everything to be told. So at least you can go there with clarity of what am I going there accused of. So then you can have these open conversations about it. All the information wasn't given to these gentlemen. So that that's the hardest part. So you sort of look back, talking to the three guys, that they want to go and chat to these guys and, and talk about it, but they haven't been able to because of the confidentiality, because the information wasn't passed on. So they're open to go and telling their story and, and trying to, to work this out because it's it's gone on for all, all parties that are involved and their families. There's no doubt they're all hurting from it. Have you heard the Clarkson-Fagan side of it? Uh, I've I've spoken to to the yeah the guys um, and and a lot of the stuff because I was on the confidentiality form I was able to talk to blokes to other people who have uh, but still I can't uh, divulge the information yep. that that I read uh, or were told through that but um, I, I've spoken to Jason uh, Clarko and Fags have known them for for many years so uh, I. I have have spoken recently to them, but still they they've also can't tell me a lot of stuff. But because they've had added information since I since I've last spoken to the lawyers, what was Leon Egan's role at the club? Leon De- Egan was the indigenous officer um, looking after a lot of guys. So uh, we had a, a lot of the. I think Jermaine when he moved over with his partner after they had had their baby uh, in two thousand and sixteen, I think it was. They moved in with Leon. Um, so Leon was always the point of call who would go and speak to, um, and yeah, certain players if they we couldn't find accommodation, Leon would normally take them in for a little bit until they found suitable place for them to to stay. In the as you sort of absorbed the information and then thought back on what had transpired, did did you know any of Jermaine or Carl's scenario in real time? Do you think? Uh, I, I knew their personal situation stuff. Of, I knew that. Uh, Jermaine um, and his personal stuff over in Perth and, and having a baby and then having to come back over. Um, but that was this was stuff that I knew prior prior to all the investigation. Um, and I, I knew I knew Carl uh, and, and his family situation as well. So um, as far as the added detail and, and what was told in some of those stories, I didn't know um, from their, their side of things. But it, I knew as far as stepkids and kids and, and um, their partners about to have, have kids, as, as you do with all teammates. Um, but not to the extent of what their stories have, have told. Hodge, if you've heard stuff, obviously. In regards to... Whatever whatever's happened. I don't know what's happened. No one knows what's happened. There's no allegations at this stage. Yeah, I've read a lot of the statements. So I've clearly I have a fair understanding of what has been said about uh, Fagan, Burton, and Clarkson, mm. uh, but I can't And how divulge. are they feeling? How are they working it? Well, I think you can, you can see from their statement that they just want an opportunity to tell their side of it. And because the information was only handed to them of late, they uh, were coming to the Human Rights Commission. They want to get to a situation where they can tell their story and both sides can tell the truth. Okay. Uh, and I think that's... Probably a good idea. From, from the statement from, from both sides of it, that's where they both want to get to. So it's been hard to get into the mediation or, or clear anything up when you don't know what's been accused of you. So I think this next step is where both sides want to get to so they can try and... Not, not not clear the air because it's obviously it's very serious, but they want to be able to be open and honest and tell their side of the story from both. It felt like in that statement mm. last night there was a pathway. Mm. There, there's, it, there was an acknowledgement that what was said and what was heard, there may very well be a difference in the yeah. two truths. This is, what we, this is what we heard and we accept that there's a different truth. We would like to understand whether you, un, you realised 
um, how we heard what you said. Yeah, you try to find meaning in it, don't you? So one person's act of um, welfare, in the sense of Jason Burt, might be another person's act of cultural insensitivity. And and somewhere in between, both truths can be true, if that makes sense. I mean, that's how I look at it anyway. The statement does make clear as well, we never asked for money. We'll bring them to the Human Rights Commission conciliation to listen to the truths that they don't want to hear. And if they still won't listen... Uh, and learn, then it will be end up in the federal court where we get to tell our truths in the witness box. But they will hear us one way or the other. So well, that's a long way away. The federal court hopefully doesn't get to that. But maybe this is where it should have been in a perfect world right from the outset. That, as you say, Hodgie, there's all sorts of reports around list of demands and the 18 um, things that had to be agreed to before we got to mediation. But if we could just somehow get them all in the room together, talk these things out, Jared, as it appears to be um, uh, desired in this statement anyway from, from the four players and their families, then then maybe we can find some sort of middle ground, for lack of a better phrase. And I think the hardest thing there is a lot of the information that has been given to the media but hasn't been proved. So there's clear, clearly, whether it's leaks or that, that have come out, which hasn't helped the whole process because it keep, keeps people talking about it yep. when both parties just want to sit back and, and open up and tell their side. Has mm. the AFL handled this well? No, no, I don't think... Uh, so the independent panel failed. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you cut it up. No, so what might have looked like a reasonable idea and the construction of the terms of reference with input mm. from everyone might have looked fine on paper, but it was utterly impractical. Did they get a dud hand, though, right from the start? Yeah, so you take it one step back to Hawthorne. Can't have a raw flush if you've got a, if you've got a yeah, pair of threes. Pair of threes, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the process that they chose mm. ultimately didn't work and across eight months has led to nothing but further acrimony. Mm. So I think there's a, there's a, there's a line in Jason Burt's statement that obviously made uh, headlines this week as well. And that being him choosing to uh, put out on the public record that two of the aggrieved and they're not part of this particular statement as well are not indigenous Australians. So when people ask us the question all the time, well, how can Hawthorne be playing for the report? This is what we're talking about outside scope of the report, which was all around the welfare check on Indigenous Australians at the Hawthorne Football Club. And Andy Gow said that during the week. Now, one of the players involved is not an Indigenous Australian, Jared. He's got a different ethnicity. So that that's where we get into the issues of, around, was it a welfare check initially, but then did it go further than that in terms of going anywhere that they possibly could to corroborate what they'd already been told? And that helped emphasise what is not on the public record and that's the problem is the allegations are reported and re-reported and mm -hmm. regurgitated but the other side of it is not there that sort of emphasized how much we don't know because of the way that and still it has know. been conducted yep. so the framing of the conversation changes a little bit there's a nuance in that that hasn't been able to be explored because that information hasn't been part of it the Hawthorne side of things. So do, mm. do you think the AFL will take action against Hawthorne? Well, it sounded that way. I mean, we're all outside looking in. And, I mean, Gil McLaughlin, it was a very strong hint yesterday. Now, he wouldn't uh, earlier in the week, he wouldn't be drawn on potential sanctions. I find it really hard to believe that if there is a sanction, it will be in and around that draft pick narrative. I think, I look at it, it's not a football crime, so I can't see how there can be a football sanction for it. This shouldn't be an issue for the players. Um, or the team going forward under Sam Mitchell. I think, obviously, if it were to come in, you're looking at a, a financial sanction. How they can settle on a figure, I have no idea. Obviously, that will be part of an ongoing conversation if it gets to that with Andy Gowers and, and Andrew Dillon and the team at the AFL. But uh, it certainly was the takeaway, the impression I had from Gillan McLaughlin. You could sense the anger yeah. from the AFL towards Hawthorne. So there's a difference between being angry about it and it actually breaching something that 
then requires action. Like I'm, I'm well, that's so that's curious umbra- around. Well, it's an umbrella charge. But it's Conduct still- unbecoming, game into disrepute. Yeah. They can layer that over anything they want. Because uh, that's where Hawthorne... Hawthorne wanted to, from what Kent, Jeff Kennett put out last week, they tried to establish the the cultural, did a cultural review to see what the place was like. It's post that, the handling of it, of getting one side, not getting the other yeah, before they, they held on to it for a long time from what I've been told, before giving it to the AFL or actually going and having the decency to go to Fagan, Burton, Clarkson and ask for their point of view about these stories. That's where the biggest mishap. How long's a long time? Well, I don't know the time frame. Mm. I'm being told they had it for a while. Yeah. And I think that's where things started to leak out. Because they had it from, and nothing was happening. So, so th- this, this is this is where you scratch your head and go. If any decency, I'm pretty sure if you sat back and you had information on people who you work with or who represented your club, you would go and get their point of view mm. and say this is what's been said, and that's that's how things get resolved faster. They sat on their hands. I think that's the part where people sit back and go, could they have managed this? The the, the initial idea of going to do a cultural review, like Collingwood did, no problems. You're trying to make this place better for everyone who walks into your doors. Once you get the information, how do you handle that? That's the where you scratch your head and go, they were so far off the mark in that area. And they, in what was released yesterday, um, the Indigenous families who were given the capacity to storytell feel let down yeah. by the way Hawthorne dealt with it. And even in some of the justifications for what I think is pretty ill-conceived and very naive is that we were then obliged to take it to the AFL. Well, did you tell the families that at the time? As mm. if, if you actually tell us anything that uh, that it, um, reveals conduct at the club, we have to take this straight to the AFL. I mean, that's I just think that the guardrails that were missing from this are mate. But there yeah. is a difference between being ill-conceived and shockingly naive and actually breaching competition rules. Yeah. yeah. I... I, I I personally can't see a punishment. I can see the fury and industry-wide, but I can't see the punishment. He made clear, though, didn't he, Gil, that this did not preclude any further yeah, action. Yeah. Would you do that? Yeah, I think you. I think to, as a shot to across illustrate the, yeah. your anger. Yeah. Um, but even with the all-encompassing, mm. I just don't see that this fits under the all-encompassing. Mm. Mm. So well, we'll, truth, truth. Well, I mean, it, it, it'll all be uh, proof will be in the pudding, won't it? And, and he did say though, just as, as a full stop on this, he did say, Gilmore McLaughlin, that it wouldn't be a long wait to learn what the AFL will do with Hawthorne, if anything, as you say. Yep. All right. So we'll wait to see what happens next. Uh, some of the other issues of the week: so the Bailey Humphrey re-signing seemed really significant at the Suns. Length of time. Mm. Uh, it sort of fits in with Stuart Dews. Is I'm, I'm. The coach of this club, the commitments are coming because we have stability and direction and purpose. Uh, and then Bailey Humphrey signs for four years. Well, it makes a little bit more sense than that Fife one. I know I'm going into Kane Corns areas here with this, uh, Jared, but uh, he's going to be a star, isn't he? I- incidentally, I mean, this is Isaac Rankin in part. This was part of the deal that got Isaac Rankin to Adelaide, the pick that the Suns received, the poignant pick anyway. They chose this kid out of the Gippsland power, Bailey uh, Humphrey, who uh, had to wait a couple of weeks to make his debut, rising star nominee, and he's going to be a very, very good player. Uh, already you can see it, can't you, Oji? You can't. <coughs> Pardon me. You can, but it's it's the, the build. As you said, the build for Gold Coast. It's you just want positivity coming out of there because you're you're feeling for Dewey all the all the information. It's, he seems to be the first person on the chopping block as soon as a coach puts their hand up again. So mm. for them to go up there last week to win mm. a, against a team who everyone rates in in the doggies, but then this next week's is a big one. So as long as that the, the consistent positive reinforcement coming out of Gold Coast, 
is a good sign being up in Queensland because they've been down for so long. And sorry, Jared, how it's happened is he gets his standard two-year contract off the top. So Bailey Humphrey was signed in until the end of next year. It's a four-year extension on top of that. Yeah. So he's signed at the Suns until the end of 2028. They're, they're building a good young list. There's no doubt about that. You look through their midfield, you look through their forward line, their defence is stable. You, you're looking at it and going, give them time, keep Dewey on, they're, they're building something there. Have they won four of the last six? And they've done it without Tuke Miller as well. So if yeah. they can win again this weekend at their, their Darwin Fortress, um, then it bodes well for the second but half. But that also adds. As soon as you take a person out of the midfield who is the leader, he's the leader in there. But all of a sudden, Raoul and Anderson go, well, hang on, we have to step up. So then when Tuke comes back, it's like, we don't have one leader mm. anymore. We've got three. We've got four. Blokes grow with adversity. And this is what it looks like it's happening to him. King was out for a long time. Other blokes had to step up. It's an interesting projection to go to year six of a career that's a handful of games. I'm not games sure how in, you can. It? Yeah. I'm not sure, Crystal. So he would have sat down with his manager and said, right, this is the list. This is what we have at goal. This is who you're playing with. This is how we view the coach. This is how we view, you know, your level of satisfaction. Like, where do you see yourself in 2028? Where do you see your team in 2028? So, look, it's a bit like all the re-signings they've done in recent times. It's a massive validation for the club. So while on the outside we might get the microscope right down on the senior coach, it's a massive Just validation from a player to sign for that period of time. Do you, do you think he's going poorly? Stuart, Stuart, you? Stuart you? No. I think he's going super. No, I don't think he's going think poorly. He's going, but he pays the price for the for the lack of any success. They should have beaten Melbourne. It's only a kick away from Melbourne. They yep. should have won. They're the two top sides. I'll be Geelong as well, throwing them in. I, I think that he's done a super job. And the fact that Bailey Humphreys kicked that winning goal last week, yeah, it's yeah. just, just added to it. Just added just, to not it. Almost a nonchalance around that kick yeah. as well. Just like, oh, I'm going to snap it from this angle. Done it before, we'll do yeah. it again. No big deal. Too easy. So it's anchored in the idea that in year six, are they making finals? And the and then the... Well, contending, I believe. Relevance or irrelevance mm. of that, which you had a layer of detail around... This week, yeah. is the two-year contract is a two-year contract. Yes. Yeah. So while on the outside there's this perception, well, he has to make finals or he's out. Yeah. That, that doesn't marry up with any reality. No, nothing in the contract that the you know the old-fashioned clause that I think Ken, was it Ken Ingley that put on the public record volunteered it in recent times anyway. That he had to make finals to 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 get the final year of his deal. Anyway, Stuart Jew is contracted for next year. Yeah, there good. are no parameters around making the finals or otherwise. Um, so it's. That's set in. That's locked in stone. And clearly, the play, he's got an enormous buy-in from the playing group, hasn't he, Stuart? Can I ask you what year that uh, the Brisbane Bears made the finals? Have a think about uh, that and see how you go. Uh, they, 1987 90, start. 95, they definitely played finals. They made a... Yeah, well, that's eight years, nine years. Yeah. I think a bear, I think the, it's and more that, relevant to measure against Port Adelaide and Fremantle. Well, that would maybe. Be, I think. And, and very specifically GWS. Maybe. Who have not only made finals but won finals and made yeah, there was different. Final. there was different uh, ways they, they go through the draft and all that. They, they gave were, players. They were there. slightly different, but they were a year they were, apart. They were hugely different. With because GWS? The, no, no, with the Brisbane Bears. Oh, yeah, we yeah, got yeah. everyone's no, cast no, 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 I totally that, that. That's why the yeah. comparison's so hard. <laughs> yeah, so because, hard. Yeah. because the Bears... <laughs> can't be better than yeah, that. They, they suffer terribly. We've got everyone's rat bags, yeah. okay? But it's such a good story. <laughs> it but is a good it, story. It is. They suffer by comparison with the Giants. Yeah. Um, who came in a year that behind them and have achieved that's so much That's the thing is about building a list. It's so important on how you start and the foundations that you build with to where they get to. And, and unfortunately, Gold Coast went through that for a long period of time. Mm. Now you're looking at that list and the young guys going through there, they've got good young blokes good who've place. got a bit of grit about them who are now starting to take responsibility for where the, the aim of this football club is going.
It's mm. a star of that row. Just just on the Suns, just before we leave them, the decision for, for them to stand down Mac Andrew, I, I was quite taken by. So this is their, their first pick in the 2021 draft. Number five pick. He missed a recovery session up in Darwin, Hodgie. But w- what we're told is, a you know, an increasingly sloppy level of professionalism. So a wake-up call, if you will, a message to Mac. But I would have thought, I don't know, a, a message to the entire team as well. Yeah, well, I think that's the, the standards that you, you're yeah. getting to. The fact that if you're playing in a bad team who you get away with things, then there's no and there's no one to drop because you've got no one to come back in. What what they're saying to their team that is we've got a set of standards. We're now playing at a level of football that if you're not going to be meeting our expectations, our standards, we're going to put you out and we're going to bring someone else mm-hmm. in who's going to make us a better team but also a better club. And that's what you do from young young teams. Too far, too many, Too often a bad team drops away with their standards and it just seeps in through their culture and that's why they're bad, they're bad for a long period of time. Yeah. So they've got to a stage now with their list and it's probably coming from the blokes we've spoken about. These young guys who, Rao who do everything with the recovery, Anderson is an ultimate professional, Took Miller what he does. They're, these guys are building the culture. Dewey's just helping add to the culture by saying these guys are setting the standard. If you don't live up to it, then you won't play with them. Mm. AFL should be, a, it's not a luxury to play there. You, you've got to work your backside off. And you earn games. And this is the stage that Gold Coast are getting to. Why? And it's why I believe that in the next couple of years, they're going to grow into a top eight team no and doubt. hopefully continue to push because of the standards and the, what they're setting for everyone around them. No doubt. You alluded to Nat Fife. What say you, Sam Edmund? No, I think too. Look, Nat Fife is a superstar of, the, of the, his club, of the entire competition. He's a Jewel Brownlow Sam Corns. Goes without saying. I know. I'm getting into Kane Corns' areas. In fact, oh, no. I went before Kane, oh. which makes me feel a little bit uneasy. <laughs> and he he, uh, he um, played to top as well in the aftermath. But I just thought, what? So many unbelievably good players have come and gone before uh, Nat Fife, and they've been given the one-year deal, and they might sign six one-year deals before they retire. It's not a, a full stop on your career. I just thought, for a guy who hasn't played a full season for multiple seasons, and the evolution of Fremantle and where they're trying to get to and who they're brought in and who they're trying to bring in, I would have thought a one-year deal. He's not going anywhere, Nat Fife, is he? He wouldn't have left. Perth, is he? He's not going to leave Perth just because a club on the East Coast offers him two. I mean, I just thought it was unnecessary, and I wish him well. I hope he plays every week, and he and he and he plays for a long time. But the, the only thing I could think of there was just, he's taken that much of a pay cut. Yeah, where they're saying for two years, it's almost like the the nickname. Nick Nack signed for two years. He's been so good for the West Coast Football Club. He took that much of a pay cut so he could stay there. Yeah. And he does that much off the field for yeah. the community, that kind of stuff. That's what I could think of with There's with only so much of a spread over two. Like if it was four, you could understand it. But, I mean, you're, not, you, you're cutting it enough. If, if he's going from a million a year to 250 a mm-hmm. year and they're going to spread over two years, yeah, it would he's have been a, still a pretty, yeah. pretty influential player to have there playing on the, the league average. Mm. Yeah, but would he go? He's got his own business things in He's not Perth. going anywhere. There's a hotel, he's there's not a, a brewery risk, he's, got a, they say. he's got hold of. Uh, well, why would he want to go to the Gold Coast? No, no, that, that's why he's probably agreeing, saying, I'm, yeah. I'm staying here, I'm going nowhere. They're saying, well, you're going nowhere. Yeah. Well, then let's agree to sign for two years. Correct. We don't have to come through this next thing, yeah. the, the next argument or the media going through it in, in 12 months' time going, is, is Fife going to stay? Yeah. We've locked you up for two years, you've taken a big pay cut, and that's what we're doing. Seven games last year, 15 before that, 14 before that. But um, How will he be going in round 23? 2025, do you reckon? Well, he, he's going to have to change his role. Obviously, yeah. the, we've, it's proven at AFL level that if you're going to play for a long period of time as a midfielder, you need to swap and change different roles. They've tried him as a half forward. They they will have to continue to mix and match. They tried resting, him full forward, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> resting, <laughs> managing, sub, all that will come into play. But having the ability to have someone like Fife to come on at halftime or throw him into the middle when you need to, 
to go and turn a game of football, which we know he can. It's yeah. it's not a bad like not bad for a coach to have him sitting there. They struggled for four or five weeks when he wasn't there, and then all of a sudden he comes back, and all of a sudden they lift. They start to lift. There's something in that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think that comes – they had flexibility with their game style as well. Yeah. Their game style is like we're too structured. We need to f- free flow like we did last year. So yeah. that opened up and then he came back. So it was, a, it was a both ends. Bit of both, are, yeah. Are you treating it seriously that Dustin Martin could be somewhere else next year no, other than Richmond? I'm not. No. I'm not, to be honest. But I'm speculating wildly. I, don't, I, don't, I can't see him leaving, to be honest. What did throw any other herring? No, well, it's just an opinion that's been come on, Come on, Sammy Corns. Make the next big statement. <laughs> could, could you see Dusty anywhere else? Sellers? No, I don't think so. I think he's very happy where he is. I think they look after him well. He plays great footy. He's, he's, still, he's still worthy of, of a spot in, the, in that side. Does he need to go? What? Or, does, or does Ralph Carr say, well, listen, he's going to get more money to go to Sydney? Yeah, I the, think that, that we're that a long might be way the past that, yeah. I think. My thing is... I never thought I'd leave Hawthorne, mm. and then a couple of your mates go and play somewhere else, and all they think, "Oh, hang on, do you, do you go?" He's great mates with Trent Cotchin. Mm. If Trent retires, or mm. if Jack goes somewhere else, does he sit there and go, "Well, hang on, this next twelve months, do I go somewhere else and finish my they're career going somewhere?" A, they're going That's, a different route, though, aren't they? Instead of getting rid of them, yeah, like I, they I, know, early, I, I think he's going to stay. I don't think he's going to leave. And, and the yep. passion that he's shown the last couple of weeks, mm. kicking the four on the on the Friday night game, he was up and about. He was reinvested into the football club. So I don't think he's going to leave. But I'm just saying, when your mates that you've played so much footy with, they, they tend to, tend to yep. leave, you sit back and go, well, What's going to happen in the next little bit of my career? The news of the week for Repco Authorised Service. Penrite Oil and your local Repco Authorised Service. Exciting Survivor News next.